0: hey guys veronica andrew and nate here we are foodies Foodies watching watching movies movies. a podcast dedicated to awesome movies great food and that's about it check us out on the jic network at www.journeyintocomics.com maybe throw some money over to our patreon so we can eat this week and now your feature presentation Following, following the following is a journey, into journey into comics, journey into comics, journey into comics, journey into comics, journey into comics network, 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 network production, production. Hear the words that I say to you. Your podcast will fail. fail fail. you think your personality is so sparkling that people want to listen to thousands of hours of you meandering off topic of your guests describing your apartment before the show even starts of your roommate coming home and being like sorry of you calling in a friend from new york who's super funny even though you don't have the technology to make that work Fuck you for thinking that this world needs another podcast and that people you know should listen to it it's a bad idea and a waste of time. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 8 of Poor 360. And as the intro gave away, the topic for this week is podcast. Which is kind of weird, it's a little meta because I am on a podcast talking about podcast, and I just opened the intro with saying how there are so many podcasts, and everyone has one, and there's a million of them, and they're all amazing, and other people think that some suck, and everyone has their own favorites, and everyone has their own way of doing it. And if anyone who has a computer and a microphone can make a podcast, which is how I'm bringing you mine, but some people have setups that are hundreds of dollars, some have setups that are a thousand dollars, some people do it professionally, some people do it daily, some do it weekly, monthly, annually. People sometimes take years off and then come back to it, some people take months off, some people are bi-weekly, it's just, this, podcasting has evolved so much, in such a short amount of time because 10 years ago, I don't think anyone knew what a podcast was. Sure, yes, they exist, but they didn't catch mainstream fire until I was almost done with college. Now it seems like everyone either has a podcast, listens to a podcast, talks about it. A lot of people don't even remember Joe Rogan from from his standard. They remember the fact that he does his podcast on a daily basis. And I have, like, I have friends, obviously, that are also on the network that do podcast but this yeah, this is what this is about this is podcasting and yes I know I had this poll I think way back earlier when I did the hipster episode it was the other poll choice this past week got a little hectic and kind of busy between my birthday being really busy at work remodeling my laundry room it's just been a hectic hectic week so I didn't get a chance to put a poll out so I was like let's let's bring back Uh, I'll lose a candidate. It did get some votes, not like it got no votes and no one was interested. It it got a fair amount. So, yeah, so that's what we're talking about this week. Uh, I want to thank College Humor for the audio from the intro. It was one of their videos, and I thought it was pretty funny. So I took snips of it and put it in here. But yeah, I think if anyone, I'm sure people have their own gateway podcast that gets them into listening to podcasts on the the regular. For me, it was Kevin Smith's Modcast Network. I talked about it a little bit way back when I was doing the Poor rapport, when I did like the, the, my the first episode of that talked kind of how I got into... Pod. I found his stuff because you kind of you see the stuff on YouTube and you're like, oh, there's a whole thing and you can download the app or you can download like a podcasting app. like I have CastBox. I know we're hosted on Podbean and I, it's just a preference thing. I have CastBox and I just have all the shows I like favorited and then you can have them auto-download or you can just find what you need, but that's just the way I do it. And then... You kinda of branch out. Sometimes there's certain topics you're looking for. Like I got into fish keeping uh towards the end of last year. And there's a fish podcast by a guy who runs a retail store that's also a YouTube channel that he also does as a podcast. So I have that as a separate app that's just his app that I listen to, and I find it enjoyable. Podcasts are just for everyone, and I don't think they should really should be derived that they were in that intro or because everyone has a story to tell you. You might not agree with it. Like, I listened to podcasts today that I was like, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you have one person they're doing a podcast by themselves. You have them with a group, and it's just a personal part. Like, some people have it do, like, TV show review podcasts, movie review podcast, food review podcast. They do podcasts that are just balls to the wall. They don't care what they're talking about. Like, this show is topic-based, but it doesn't have a rhyme reason. Like, my shows I've done up to this point, I did The Border Wall, I did Government Regulation, I've done Hipsters, I there's no rhyme or reason to what, the, I just pick a topic and I try and stick with it, I try not to side tangent while I'm on it, but it still has no consistency, it's not like, oh like there's a podcast I listened to that actually got me into, well not into, but that's, um, one of the podcasts I, I was listening to was, a. Uh, a week-by-week week recap of the West Wing, which was the West Wing weekly podcast, which was done by a fan of the show and then one of the stars of the show, and they did it on a weekly basis. But those, po- if you're not either can not binge a show, you can't really get, like, I was binging the show and also binge the podcast, and I got caught up to current, and then I wasn't going to wait a week, so then you get behind, and then it doesn't work. But it's just one of those things, like certain shows work. I really enjoy podcasts that are either interviewing other people or it's a conversation like it's still really weird that like I wouldn't necessarily listen to the podcast I do even though I enjoy the what I talk about but I feel like if someone else was doing the same podcast that I'm doing even though it's top-based I would probably tune in but I might only tune in for specific topics that I'm interested in because like I do on the show the title is the topic that it's going to be I don't a fun title or a random title i just the topic is what it is like the academy awards was last week that was the episode title was the academy awards that was my topic that's what i talked about but i I like that like i think the academy awards episode got me the most ticks because people wanted to know more about the academy awards they were just looking for any podcast that was talking about it and checking it out that's how you kind of gain new followers in my opinion is because there's something that you're going to talk about That'll grab someone's attention as they're just searching different podcasts out or kind of scrolling through the feed, like because like I can go on my podcasting app, which I like Castbox, and I can search for whatever. Like I'm going to do it as an example. I'll just pull it up right now. Let's see here. Even an option like most podcasts have a search box. Like on mine, it has the hot Podcast, and the top one is Joe Rogan, obviously. And there's True Crime, NPR, Ben Shapiro's. Serial, I think there's the hot searches. Mobituaries? I have no idea what that is. History. Like, everyone has a thing they're looking for. And I can search, let's say, sports. And you can search channels, episodes, and there's hundreds of podcasts. And some are done by, like, looks like morning or afternoon radio shows that just have a podcast counterpart. But everyone, there's an access, there's a way that everyone gets into this. But podcasts haven't really been around that long. Like, they have been around, what, 15 years now? I actually have a little thing here. This was from International Podcast Day. So actually, podcast wasn't even a word until 2004. It was first mentioned by Ben Hammersley in a 2004 Guardian newspaper article in which he rattled off possible names for the booming new medium. The pod of podcasts is borrowed from Apple's iPod, obviously. And then the cast portion is taken from radio's broadcast. As a matter of clear, just because it's named after Apple's iPod does not necessarily mean that you have to own or use an iPod. Yeah. So, iPod plus broadcast equals podcast. Pretty straightforward. So, this is kind of more from the... It says, like, a podcast is sort of difficult to explain because there really isn't anything else like it, but rather many things that are kind of like it. So, it's it's internet radio on demand. So... Unlike your regular radio listener on the way to work, if you do listen to that, or if you listen to like Sirius XM radio, which those things aren't—you can't pause it and come back to it. Those things are running. Sure, you might can listen to a backlogger on weekends; they might play an episode from earlier that week. But like, I listen to a morning radio sh- if I'm not listening to a podcast or something on the way to work. I listen to a morning radio show that does music and there's people talking. But I if I'm get out of the car and do something, come back to the car, I don't pick up where I left off like you can with a podcast. A podcast I can start, like, I listen to podcasts at work, I listen to audiobooks or whatever, but if I, like, li- uh, like I watch, I listen to JIC on my way to work, listen to it getting ready for work, in the car, once I got to work until I finished it. And then I moved on to my another podcast, and then I'd watch some stuff on YouTube, and, I, like, it's just things you do to fill your time. And I can, like, you have, I have half-finished podcasts on here of ones that I'm like, I was in the process of watching, I did something else, I didn't come back to it, but the joy of podcasts is that you can download it, put it there, and come back to it later. And sometimes you listen to podcasts, like, that's not something you really do with, like, a radio show, like, oh, I really need to go back and listen to February 7th uh, morning radio show. I heard it was good content. Like, you can't really go back and do that, but with a podcast, you might be like, oh, i Really like that movie review podcast. I should go back and I'm just I'm gonna go see this movie that they were talking about. I should listen to that podcast and see if there's if I catch something new about it. So yeah, that's the benefit that podcasts really have is they're on demand. You can there's millions of them. Literally, there's millions of networks, millions of shows. There's something for everyone. That's pretty much the thing. Like I know some people are just in it for the true crime. I'm not a huge true crime person, so I don't really get into that. I get enough of that on TV at home, but. If you want to watch True Crime, there's sure thousands of them. If you want podcasts on, like, wedding planning, home improvement, hobbies, pet stuff. Like, there's really is a podcast for everyone. And it's because of the nature of it. Like, it doesn't need to be a super fine-tuned... You don't need an expensive mixing board and microphone and soundproof room. You can literally podcast with your... Uh, laptops, microphone. Some people even podcast from their cell phone, or they'll do a live stream. They'll just—they don't. You don't need a fancy setup. I mean, it doesn't imp- help it because you can eliminate background noise. You can make things better, but it's not 100% necessary. I mean, there's certain podcasts you can listen to that if you li- they've been going for long enough, you can hear their audio improve as the years have gone on. Like I didn't start like the—I know the microphone I use now isn't anything special, but it's better than the one I started with. I had a like a $12 one I got on eBay that made my voice sound a little weird, but now I have a, a Snowball, which isn't much better, but it gets the job done and sounds a lot better than my computer mic or anything else I would use, so I keep using it. If I ever this thing becomes more than what it is, I might get a, like a mixing board and an actual mic, like a Shure or something, but in the meantime, if I'm still getting the doing the content I'm getting and I've heard no complaints, if you still enjoy the content, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But yeah, everything's all about money and time. If you put the money into it or time into it, you can make things better than they are. But the content's what matters. Like, I mean, I could have the fanciest setup, thousands and thousands of dollars, but if I just fart loudly into the camera every thirty or into the microphone every thirty seconds, not many people are gonna listen to. It. I'm sure there's gonna be at least like four people who be like, man, every fart's different. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. That that's kind of a weird ranty way of doing this. I'm this is going to be kind of more loose episode because I don't really have a structure. It's been one of those, this we got away from. Me, I thought podcast that's the thing to talk about, but here's kind of some more they have When I kind of try and refocus myself, so but what truly makes a podcast unique and what gives a podcast its casting ability is how it is able to immediately deliver itself to multiple podcast distribution points such as iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Spotify or podcatcher applications through a podcast of syndication known as RSS, which is Real Simple Syndication. So listeners can easily subscribe to podcasts, most are free, like I said, by clicking on RSS icons or subscription button. The listeners then walk through how to add the podcast syndication feed to a podcasting application of their choosing. So when a podcaster releases a new episode, subscribers are automatically notified without having to constantly check back with the podcast website to see if a new show has been produced. And with the podcatching software episodes of their favorite podcasts can be automatically downloaded, all without having to lift a finger. So in this way, podcasts are like magazine subscriptions. The different aspect in casting is major to where podcasts can have a global audience reach as where tradition radio is a limitation of their broadcasting signal strength. So yeah. And like I said, podcasts can be ju- ju- just about anyone wanting to share and communicate with the world. Like, I remember it being really crazy. Like, the guys on trophy do obviously they have the podcast but their big thing is the live stream which they do all through facebook and they get listeners and then they break out the audio and they put that on the podcast on thursday so they live stream tuesday put it out on thursday and having the live stream aspect gives them the chance to connect more with their audience because if someone likes their podcast they can be like oh next week i should listen on tuesday maybe throw some questions out there maybe they'll respond to it it makes it feel more personal to yourself. And that's really neat. And they actually got some international audience. So they had a guy in London they were really excited about. They were, I think it was on like, it was a part of the podcast on, or the live stream on two different episodes. So that's really exciting and good for them. And like, it's really surprising considering it's like a nine hour difference in time. So like, they're recording at like 5 p.m. and it's wee hours of the morning when that guy's listening in. So really kudos to them for reaching that audience, and that's just for some people are just like, oh, what's this? And then they just catch it. Like, I haven't really done a live stream, but I've only, I've been on that live stream once, but I haven't really done a live stream that, I don't really listen to them, but they're definitely neat and kind of interesting to be a part of, but it's not the joy of podcasts, like, especially when your friends do them, like, I understand, like, everyone has a podcast and some of them aren't great or some are not your cup of tea, but, like, that's the benefit of seeing your other people you work with make content because even if you don't like it you still appreciate what they're doing and you still wish them the best at what they're doing because if they are doing something even if it's not something you particularly enjoy they have an audience and they're growing and they're branching out and they're doing great things so yeah podcasting is great despite like what the intro kind of made it seem like and sure like there's so to refocus myself, this is something I found kind of interesting. It just, I was just kind of looking at something else here. and Here's an article from The New Yorker which I know is very stuffy and all of that, but there's an article they have from late last year about how podcasts became a seductive and sometimes slippery mode of storytelling. In our frantic age, audio narratives offer a rare opportunity just for slow immersion, but this intimacy can become manipulative. Alright, that's kind of interesting bold statement. So in nineteen thirty six, Walter Benjamin, the German philosopher and cultural critic, published an essay titled The Storyteller. The piece, obstinately about the Russian writer Nikola Leskov, offered its author an opportunity to analyze the meaning and function of storytelling. Long ago Benjamin suggested stories offered listeners practical or moral counsel, much as fairy tales now did for children. They transmitted common wisdom framed by the personal experience of the storyteller which was delivered in such a way that listeners could incorporate it into their lives. This kind of storytelling was falling victim to the forces of modernity. modernity. That's a weird word to say. Benjamin argued, soldiers returning from the battlefields of the Great War, for example, were less likely than earlier combatants to speak of what they'd gone through, finding ordinary language incommensurate with the horrors of mechanical warfare. But the principal cause of storytelling's uh, decline was the new form of communication, information or verifiable and topical news. The rise of electronic communication meant that news could instantly be transmitted around the globe. Although Benjamin noted that the, this mode of communication was not always more accurate than the forms that it had overtaken, its authority depends on the appearance at least of action. No event any longer comes to us without already being shot through with explanation, Benjamin wrote. By now, almost nothing that happens benefits storytelling. 80-odd years after Benjamin wrote about the decline of storytelling, we're living in a new golden age of it, in the form of the podcast, on-demand audio that a listener can download and play while commuting or exercising or, given the right equipment, showering. A recent study conducted by Edison Research found that nearly a quarter of Americans listen to a podcast at least once a month. Once a month? Like once a week. Uh, The most popular shows, such as The Daily, produced by The Times and featuring Michael Barbero, a former reporter as a winning accessible interlocutor of his news-gathering colleagues. Or The Joe Rogan Experience, in which the bluff comedian interviews public figures about things like masculinity and technology are downloaded tens of millions of times each month. Some of the most acclaimed podcasts, such as Slate's Slow Burn, which is... In its second season, plumbed the painful history of President Bill Clinton's impeachment. I actually do have that podcast downloaded. The first one was on Watergate, and the second one's about Clinton. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. It's one of those ones that you can't really pick up and go. It's definitely a series um, that offer a provocative lens not just on the past, but also on current offense. When the show's host, Leon Nefiak, interviews Juanita Broderick about her claim that in the 1970s she was sexually assaulted by Clinton, it makes for sobering listening in the era of Me Too. Beyond the top of the charts, there are half a million other podcasts available, fashioned for every conceivable interest or taste. If the person wants to know more about Walter Benjamin, she can listen to an episode of Thinking Aloud, a BBC Radio 4 show in which Laurie Taylor, a British sociologist, renders Benjamin's work in plain-spoken English or download the National Gallery of Arts podcast in which the prince excuse me in which the Princeton art historian Hal Foster delivers a Mellon lecture about him or find the Clock Tower podcast dedicated to preserving archival audio which offers recordings of several radio scripts for children that Benjamin wrote in the 1930s or search on an episode of Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person a left-leaning podcast hosted by Jeremy Stillman that features an off-the-cuff roundtable about Benjamin he's one of the Frankfurt School guys from what I understand in the context of contemporary politics and culture In the first years of podcasts a decade or so ago, technological limitations uh, militated against their widespread adoption. They had to be laboriously transferred from a computer to an MP3 player or an iPod. Podcasts were made by geeks for geeks. That changed in 2014 when Apple added a podcast app to to the iPhone, making subscribing almost effortless. Even better, it was usually free. Still, the real explosion in the medium was creative rather than technological. The release in 2014 of Serial, an investigation into the 1999 murder of Min Lee, a high school student in Maryland hosted by Sarah Koenig, an alumna of This American Life, the public radio show which also produced the podcast. Serial incorporated interviews conducted over a prison phone line with Lee's one-time boyfriend, Adnan Saeed. He has been convicted of her murder despite his uh, protestation of innocence and also interviews with friends, police officials, and es- oh, me—and a forensic expert, along with archival recordings. It became the first podcast that listeners and cultural commentators dissected with the kind of avidity formerly reserved for TV dramas such as Breaking Bad or Mad Men. Serial took the form of a quest, but it hardly provided a tidy ending to the question raised about Lee's murder and Saeed's conviction. The show had a distinctive tone, contra- conversational, uncertain, informal, and occasionally Faux naïve. In the first episode, Koning describes visiting the office of Rabia Chaudhry, an immigration lawyer and a friend of Saeed's, who had tipped off Koning about the story. Her office takes up the corner of a much larger open space that I think is a Pakistani travel agency, though it's hard to tell, Koning say. Koning, a Baltimore Sun reporter, surely knew how to determine whether the office was a Pakistani travel agency by asking. Indeed, it's hard to believe that she didn't ask, but Koning knew from This American Life whose multiple segments are unified by the presence of a musing narrator that she could conjure a cluttered office environment more vividly by sharing her initial confusion rather than by resolving the question. Early in the podcast, Koning informs her audience that we are telling this story in order, planting the conceit that listeners were accompanying her on all that uh, repertorial wanderings. But the show's construction was more artful than that. The first episode was concerned principally with the observations of a classmate of Saeed's Asia McLean, who claims to have seen him in the library exactly when the prosecution said that he'd murdered Lee. Busconing briefly mentions her in her narration, she didn't attempt to track down McLean until almost four months after she'd spoken to Rabia Chandry, a third of the way into her year long investigation. The port of Serial, which was free but bookended with ads, was not so much to solve the mystery as to reveal the process of attempting to solve the mystery. That meant sharing granular details of Koning's investigations, such as analysis of data from cell towers. Conan acknowledged that she handed off the research to producer Dana Chivis because I'm technologically speaking a moron. But the show's real innovation lay in capturing Conan's psychological process, her inward struggle about what to believe. I've got this thing in my head, and I that I that I'll catch him in a lie. She says in episode six, midway through the season. Yet she continues, I talk to him and talk to him and talk to him, and I start to doubt my doubts. The episode ends with a wrenchingly intimate phone call between Koenig and in which he tells her that he wants her to judge him innocent, not because he seems too nice to have murdered Lee, but because she's found exculpatory evidence. Exculpatory evidence sorry. This highlighting of a reporter's tormented indecision is why Serial made for compulsive listening. The tells you go formula interspecies with banalities, like Chivis excitedly telling Koenig during a drive retracing Said's alleged route after the murder that a local crab shack was having a sale on shrimp, was either charming or annoying, depending on your taste. Uh, a YouTuber deftly parodied Koenig's handholding holding Anon made phone calls. He also received them. Why? What makes a person receive a phone call? There was a sense of urgency to Cyril, heightened by foreboding theme music that belied the facts that it was concerned with events from a dozen years earlier, about which there had been no pressing public concern. Conan's account was so galvanizing that listeners began sending her tips and public officials were obliged to take action. Said was granted a new trial which has yet to take place. Serial borrowed equally from the conventions of investigative journalism, the memoir and the potboiler, the leap in narrative invocative or innovation of the scale of In Cold Blood Truman Capote's 1966 nonfiction novel within a month of its launch. Serial had reached a million listeners and since its debut the The season has been downloaded 240 million times. Season 3 of Serial, which centers on the criminal justice system in Cleveland, is sponsored exclusively by ZipRecruiter and arranged those reportedly the biggest upfront podcast deal to date. Serial was the first show to introduce advertisers to take podcasting seriously. It was like money trucks started opening up and pouring out money. Benjamin Walker, the host of Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything, an ideas podcast told me, the creative and economic accomplishment of Serial has spawned countless imitators, and many have shamelessly echoed its tropes. The wary, exploratory, methodical host, the true crime incident, or other sensational event, which has been plucked from newspaper archives and transformed into a twisty narrative. To use the language of Walter Benjamin, these podcasts offered the sometimes lurid satisfaction of stories bolstered by the apparent rectitude of information. There are now dozens of podcast companies vying to create sensation on the order of serial. Among them is the Pineapple Street Media, based in a loft-like space in downtown Brooklyn, which was co-founded in 2016 by Max Linsky, the co-creator of the Long Form Podcast, which features interviews with narrative journalists, and by Weiss-Berman, formerly an audio producer at BuzzFeed. One recent afternoon, a group gathered in Pineapple's conference room to discuss a project that was seen as a potential breakthrough hit, a podcast about solitary confinement in American prisons. The series has been conceived by Adam Sternberg, a novelist and journalist, Although he had contributed segments to This American Life, it was his first attempt at podcasting. The idea was to combine his fictional and reportorial skills in a way that traditional journalism didn't permit. Sternberg intended to create a fictional prisoner in solitary confinement whose experiences and recollections would provide the series' narrative spine. To provide factual ballast, the story would be interwoven with interviews of incarcerations, of interviews of incarcerated experts, former prisoners, and correction officials, Sternberg and Pineapple understood that their experiment would work if only the fiction and the reportage could be seductively and plausibly integrated. You must make it clear to the listeners that the story they are following is fictional; that it's not a dramatic reenactment of a real person's case. He proposed doing wide-ranging reporting on solitary confinement and then funneling the richest findings into one character. With a flicker of concern, he asked the Pineapple team, Are you worried that that's going to get too esoteric? No, I like esoteric. Weisberman said, Podcasts often find an audience by exploring an exotic subculture, which is true. Weisberman urged Steinberg to reconsider using the dramatic reenactment form, noting that it could provide a useful sense of whiplash. What if you have an actor playing a real person and then the real person comes in and says, well, that's not exactly how it went? Joel Lovell, Pineapple's executive editor, who used to be an editor at the Times Magazine, was a different kind of bait-and-switch. Imagine a show that starts with an expert telling us how things work in solitary. Then we hear a person prisoner talking about his experience. Then Adam comes in and says, The person you just heard, he's an actor, and that story is fictional. But the fiction of his story is based on the intense amount of reporting I have done. In the other voices you're hearing, those are real people. Rubin said, I am for a narrator, but I feel like it could get didactic. I would be horrified if, in any npr way, a voice comes in like, last year alone there were one million, dot dot dot. Everyone laughed. The solitary confinement scenario posed a narrative challenge. Where was the action in the story going to come from, given that the character was trapped inside a small room? It's like castaway, but a room instead of an on an island and no volleyball. Uh, Simon offered in a mock Hollywood pitch. Should the fictional prisoner's guilt or innocence be incorporated into the plot, Though listener didn't mention serial by name, he recommended avoiding the dial He did or did not he game adding that has become such a podcast trope. Podcasting is a peculiarly intimate medium, usually transmitted through headphones to a solitary listener or played over the car stereo during a commute. An audio narrative can be immersive in any way that a radio playing in the background in a kitchen rarely is. Podcasts are designed to take up time rather than to be checked, scanned, or rushed through. They are for those moments when you can't be screwed. Rolling on your phone. For digital medium, podcasts are unusual in their commitment to a slow build and to a sensual atmosphere. At the conference table, people were eager to discuss ways in which audio could deepen the story, as well as the visual experience of the listener. When you read accounts of people in solitary, all they talk about is what it sounded like. There's nothing to say about the visual experience. Once you describe what the room looks like, that's it. Their whole world is an auditory world. This is just a very long article. But it is the New Yorker. It is very dry. and it seems to be purely about... Um, kind of true crime and those narrative podcasts. Not so much the podcasts that I really enjoy. Um, here's a little bit more. Unlike the podcast boom, nobody entered the field of narrative audio thinking that it might be a route to fortune or fame. Public radio, in which many narrative podcasters got their start, is not for profit and aims at producing programming in the service of a better and better informed society. <laughs> Now, a thrilling sense of possibility exists among the types of people who once might have tried magazine freelancing or blogging, that someone with talent can make a living or even become rich by podcasting. Joe Rogan, whose show routinely tops iTunes charts, has made millions of dollars from it. Jay Allison, a public radio veteran who produces the Moth Radio Hour and runs the trans Story Workshop, a residential program on Cape Cod that trains radio and audio producers, told me, It used to be that I would say to the students, Look, we're going to train you to do this public media storytelling. And I know you have to take a vow of poverty, but it does have meaning and it does create change in your community. Now that now they come here and pretty much as soon as they leave, they can get a job that pays pretty well. Several of the most well-received podcasts are produced by public radio, including In the Dark, an investigative series made by American public media and hosted by Madeline Braun. And it kind of talks about the show. I'm not really going to go through all those details because it's pretty straightforward. So podcast entrepreneurs argue that commercial presses have generally enlivened audio programming. Think of the precisely banned NPR programs that Saturday Night Live used to mock with its er, parodic cooking show, Delicious Dish. A who once worked at StoryCorps, which amassed audio archives of the experiences of ordinary Americans, told me that when she got to BuzzFeed, there was this kind of capitalistic view of diversity that I really appreciated. At Public Reader, there's a lot of patting ourselves on the back for efforts to be more diverse. But at BuzzFeed, it was a revelation. We should make podcasts for people who haven't had podcasts made for them because it's good for business. One of BuzzFeed's first hits was Another Round, a freewheeling podcast about pop culture, gender, and race hosted by two young black women, Hubin Nagatu and Tracy Clayton. Podcasting has offered advertisers a new means of reaching demographically targeted consumers. Many podcasts featured extended endorsements read by the host that often include a discount code for a product or service, for listeners accustomed to separating between advertising and editorial, the blurring of the lines can be disconcerting. And actually, like if there's if you listen to ones, like obviously if you listen to, like Smodcast, the like Kevin Smith ones, there's always something like uh, me on There's always some kind of product placement that, so that like I listen to, um, like Conan O'Brien is a podcast now. Dax Shepard is a podcast that I listen to. Um, Michael Rosenbaum has podcasts, and they all have, like, certain sponsors with a little intro at the beginning, or that's just a way for them to make money off what they're doing. So, um... So so here, it can also be embarrassing, such as when podcast hosts like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss compound on how much they enjoy wearing MeUndies. For that have spent heavily on podcasts like the Omnipresent Casper and Blue Apron, the effectiveness of such campaigns can be measured in increased sales. The reason for Blue Apron, which has landed its own branded podcast... Why We Eat What We Eat, in addition to advertising on hundreds of shows, told me, we view podcasts less as an advertising channel and more of a content channel to when new customers and engage existing customers. Podcast advertising remains a relatively new science. Producers and advertisers can instantly tabulate how many times a show has been downloaded, but it's hard to ask how many people have listened to the whole thing. The commercial marketplace puts pressure on podcasts to create content that can attract millions of listeners, which does not necessarily make for the strongest or most subtle content. Linsky, who some frustration, noted that it doesn't matter much to an advertiser a podcast, takes an hour to record or months to report. All that matters is whether it attracts a lot of listeners. New ways of monetizing podcasts are being explored, including a paid subscription model app, such as Stitcher Premium, offering ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Let's see. Yeah, this is just a really long article. So, basically... Podcasts are kind of the way of the future. This is the way that certain content, certain audio content is going. Like, people have standard radio they listen to, they have premium radio, like satellite radio, like Sirius XM. People have audiobooks, and then people have podcasts. Because no one's going to be watching YouTube in the car. I mean, at least they shouldn't. That's definitely not something you should do. Unless you're really comfortable at keeping, not looking down at your phone and just have it running and you're just listening to the audio of it. But, the thing is just... I think podcasts are inescapable. And you can do one. You don't have to do one. Everyone has a voice that deserves to be told. But not everyone's going to find that listener that's going to like what they're saying. That's just kind of the nature of it. You put yourself out there and hope someone likes it. But you'll always find something you want to like. You can search out anything, like I said. And figure out what you want to talk about. But I think that'll do it. This is kind of a short episode. But I hope you enjoyed it. This is just my little piece of this giant giant pie that is podcasting and podcasters and networks and sponsors and all of that but i'm not sponsored so none of this really matters i don't have to approve my content for an advertiser to get monetary feedback as long as i make the guys on the network happy and as long as i get the podfather's approval then the show keeps going but i think that'll do it for Four through six for this week this has been my episode on podcasting and there'll definitely be a poll coming out tomorrow which will pick things back up where we left off and hopefully you guys listen to this we'll check out the poll if you find a topic you'd like vote on if it doesn't win it might come down again like this one did so thank you guys for listening you guys have a great week You've been listening to Poor360. You can find us on the socials at Poor360 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us and all the other podcasts on our network at journeyintocomics.com or early access at patreon.com slash journeyintocomics. You can find us on all podcasting platforms like CastBox, Podbean, Stitch Radio, Spotify, and many others. Hey guys, Deadpool here. Just wanted to tell you about a little event that's happening on March 23rd. Fun for Funs, it's a Journey into Comics Network event featuring live podcasts from Brews with Dudes, Podcastrophy, Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey into Comics, as well as performances by band number one, Boner Jovi, ooh, that sounds fun, Walk Among Us, and Yesterday's Chips. Also featuring live stand-up by comedian Patrick Murray. He's so much fun. Presented by Journey into Comics Network and the Doom Room. North and Pop, Lafayette, Indiana, Doors for three, podcasts at four with bands at seven thirty. Ten dollars. It's twenty one and up. Don't try to sneak in, you silly kids.